The League of Legends betting podcast is brought to you by my patrons at patreon.com slash gelati lol. There you can find bonus content like in-depth articles on macro trend analysis and league previews, as well as thoughts on breaking news and the podcast picks before the show is released to platforms. You also get to support your creators more directly. Patreon.com slash gelati lol. That's G-E-L-A-T-I-L-O-L. Good evening, everybody. It is currently about 5.26 p.m. on Friday, March 1st. First day of March, the eyes of March. March Madness. All sorts of fun stuff going on this month. A um, couple things, just bookkeeping. Uh, first of all, don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a review. Uh, if you want an invite to the Esports Department Discord, hit me up uh, on Twitter or leave a comment here or hit me up on the Patreon or DM me on Discord if you already have me and aren't in that channel somehow. Um, secondly, uh, we I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to record the LCS podcast as a separate thing, and I'll just release it as like a part two of the same day, uh, kind of back to the old format when we had all four leagues running. Uh, we'll have all four leagues running again next week, so I'll be doing probably a similar thing. The way I can get the Eastern podcast out sooner. This I know this one was pretty late. I got held up with a couple things this afternoon, so... Um, yeah, apologies for that. Anyway, uh, recap for Friday morning. We had three matches in the LPL. This was the first day for the LPL on 14-4. Actually, was it the first day? It might have been the second day. Let me double check. I forget. Oh, yeah, it was the... Oh, no, it was. It was the first day on 14.4 for the LPL. Um, we didn't see anything too spicy, but we did see a lot of variety. Uh, some teams kind of sticking to what they know. Other teams completely won, you know, shifting up their focus. Um, yeah, still seeing certain champions, even after nerf, still seeing certain champions, just, uh, it's going to be interesting. The first day doesn't always tell you too much, just because sometimes it's like a comfort thing for teams too. Thought I'd mention it though. Uh, first match was LGD against Billy Billy, a pretty lopsided Billy Billy stomp in game one. Game two was a wild one. Um, both teams threw statistically significant gold leads within the first 23 minutes of this game. And this turned into, like, a ridiculously bloody, like, back-alley brawl. Uh, BLG eventually won it out. But, um, you know, they got Mountain Soul and then Baron and ended up, you know, winning the game off of all that. But, you know, LGD continue to be surprisingly competitive. They're, they're not getting match wins. But um, game one of this match was, like, one of the few games this entire season where they were, like, truly blown out of the game early. They've been very, very good at keeping games close. And I, I really do think they're significantly better than their record. I'd be a little worried about frustration kicking in at some point with this team. But, you know, for the time being, they're, they're kind of a bye as dogs. Like, I know they're not getting across the finish line often, but... They're definitely playing better than their record. Uh, just wanted to do a shout-out to Hai Chao. I did a tweet about this this morning, but he's been absolutely incredible this year. You know, in 2023, he was, like, really hot and cold. He had his high moments and just his, you know, highlights, lowlights kind of guy, not much in between. This year, he's legitimately been excellent. And, you know, I would argue that if you look at, like, the non-playoff teams, and I still think LGD could make a playoff run the way they're playing, but... If you look at like the non-playoff teams, I think he might be the best individual player on any of those teams. I'm very, very impressed with his progression. Um, he's just been excellent. Like he doesn't have like the the dumb moments as much anymore. He's legitimately been very, very good this year, and he's been carrying LGD in a lot of these games. So shout out to Hai Chow. Um, he would be like a NBA style, like most improved player. He looks excellent this year.
Esports versus Invictus was the next match. Three extremely lopsided games. I'm a little pissed off the top esports just couldn't get the sweep here. But Leon's Nidalee and uh, Winks Blitzcrank had something to say about that in game two as Invictus blew out. I think they were up like 5K in like 15 minutes or something. Game was over. Um, and then top esports did the same thing to them in game three, essentially. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have much else to say about this game. I was a little pissed off top didn't get the sweep for us. We ended up um, – that would have been nice for the uh, for the bets, but, you know, is what it is because we had the top sweep. Um, Top's early game is still just ridiculous. And Invictus still have these flashes where they're like, oh, you know, we, they'll have these, like, flash games where they're like, oh, wow, this team's good, and they just turn right back into a pumpkin again. So – uh, kind of a feast or famine team, high volatility team with Invictus. Um, it was interesting seeing them like dominate a game with You Should Know Me basically not being a factor. That's that's of note. Um, Leon's good, folks. Just saying. Oh, this one, I'll admit, this is mostly just on the bottom lane. It was like the it was Leon ganking bot, and that was that was the game really. Uh, JDG versus Thunder Talk. Game one was a JDG stomp. Game two was kind of back and forth, competitive through the first twenty or so minutes, with neither team really picking up any kind of you know, relevant advantage, but Kanavi found a ridiculously good engage. Um, just got a clean ace off of it, and then, you know, they ended up taking everything off that and ending the game shortly afterwards. Uh, you know, JDG, they're they're still on the right path. You have to remind yourself a little bit that they're, they're playing just differently than they were in 2023. Um, 2023, JDG were like, a top esports this season, just an explosive early game team, just ending like three quarters of their games before it even gets started. Um, right now they look kind of more like LNG did in 2023 where it's more of a, or maybe like a Hanwha type of team where it's like much more just a control, you know, controlled, not taking a lot of risks early, just taking care of business, not making the big mistakes, just playing very fundamentally sound league of legends. Um, you know, it's not like they haven't blown open early games or anything. They have a couple times this season, but right now they're they're still trying to get their feet under them, and they they just want to pick up match wins as they kind of keep developing. They are starting to push the pace a little bit more than they have been, so it shows that they're kind of ramping into good form. And I really think like the trajectory they're on is 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 good. I think you know by playoffs this team's going to be ready and raring to go. They're going to be challenging for a title, hopefully couple really just really really clean team fighting from this team in this series we ended up plus 0.34 units on the day um we only bet the lpl i didn't have any bets in the lck even though i desperately wanted to bet gen g i guess we'll start there uh gen g obliterated kt rolster in both these games like wasn't even close um the, the one the one took a little bit longer but this was not close um not really too much to say there's one-way traffic in both didn't really see any wild picks or anything like that. The other series was Hanwha against Firex. Hanwha actually dropped a game to a team worse than them. So this was a wild one. The game one in this series was hilarious. So this is one of the first times that I've seen Hanwha sort of play against their identity in more than a calendar year. Like, they legitimately got sucked into Firex's, like, brawly skirmish, like, you know, type of game. That's the style of game they like to play. And Firex actually pulled out the win. It was like a super bloody 28-14 kill game. It was really, really weird not seeing a team. Like, 
the the way you beat Hama is you just play a clean game or you blow them out early in the game. And it was very weird not seeing either of those things and Hama still losing. And like the time the times we've seen them lose to bad teams, it's usually because they get you know, exploited early, and the other team plays a clean game. Fjerks did not play a clean game here, and they didn't blow the early game out early. It was just very skirmishy. It was very even for the most part, and Fjerks just ended up getting the better of them. And it's just a very strange game one. Games two and three looked a lot more like classic Hamwa against a bad team where they just kind of bored them to death until they turned the corner and then won. So just kind of interesting. Uh, I don't know if... I don't know if it was just like a lack of focus thing, but like Hamla definitely got sucked into Fierex's uh, approach to the game, which was kind of funny to watch. Right, moving on to Saturday morning, we have a five match Eastern slate in the LPL and LCK. We'll also have the LCS, but as I mentioned, I'll be doing the LCS on a separate podcast. Uh, it'll be part two for this date. First match tomorrow in the LPL, we have Team WE, uh, week five, day six, by the way, sorry. Uh, Team WE minus 198 on the money line, minus one and a half maps at plus 159, plus one and a half at minus 580 against Royal Never Give Up, plus 160 on the money line, plus one and a half maps at minus 195, minus one and a half at plus 415. Team WE, uh, four and one as favorites, two and three against the map spread, RNG, 0 and four against the, uh, against the map spread and straight up as underdogs uh, with an average price actually higher than this. So this is a, a relatively cheap underdog price for RNG. Um, RNG have basically, really, I mean, both these teams have underperformed. I, I thought these two teams would be excellent in the metagame that we've seen thus far in 2024. And, you know, they've underperformed my expectations to varying degrees um we it's not like a massive underperformance we are very much who i thought they'd be i just thought they'd be like a little bit better than they've been so far rng have been a complete train wreck compared to what i thought they would be um just so the two of these teams have similar approaches to the game where they want to play like i thought my original thesis for both of them was that they have good bottom lanes a lot of roster continuity and that they would eventually you know, they, they and their coaching staffs were well fitted to this type of metagame. Like th- these teams under these coaches have succeeded in this type of metagame in the past. So I thought it would be very good for them. And it's been good for, you know, it's been okay, you know, kind of underwhelming, but okay for WE and really underwhelming for RNG, who just, it's weird. Um, they, I've mentioned it in their last match. Like they just, their macro is shit. And I don't know why, but. It, it, it's that's bad, and then Tangwon's been really, really hot and cold as well. So that's playing into this. What I will say is, WE have mostly taken care of business. They've really only struggled with the elite teams, but RNG are kind of all over the place. And you know, they're they're struggling against bad teams. They're struggling against good teams. They have a good game every once in a blue moon. Um, the the real handicap here is that like. Neither of these teams is going to blow the other one out of the water early. And normally you like underdogs in that situation because it introduces parity. Like it makes the games more coin flippy. But Team WE, the one thing they've been good at, and we see we saw them turn the corner and like stabilize from a deficit against good teams already this season. Team WE's mid and late game macro has actually been pretty good. Even though the results aren't quite as good as I thought they'd be, their mid and late game macro is actually quite good. Uh, RNG has been the opposite. RNG have been had a couple games where they get out to leads, but they're extremely sloppy with a lead, and they look completely helpless with a deficit. So 
I think normally I would like a dog in this situation, but Team WWE's mid and late game has been very, very good, and they have side choice for this series. So I actually like Team WWE on the money line quite a bit here. Um, I played Team WWE minus 179 on the money line for one unit at Nitrogen or BAS, whichever you prefer. I also played the um, Team WWE minus one and a half mass at plus 159 for a quarter unit. I also am going to play the map one and map two over one and a half barons at minus 124 for one unit each. Um, since we're betting this at minus money, we are looking to try to get both home here. Uh, these two teams have a 62% and 74% um, rate of going to at least two barons in their games. Makes a lot of sense given how they play. Uh, both kind of want to play the scaling game. Uh, Team WE especially want to play the scaling game. And RNG even when they blow early game leads out, have not been able to close consistently. So, um, WE, I think WE get there in this one. Um, actually, the, WE have had a lead in fewer, like less than half their games, but when they do get leads, they have almost a 90% closing rate. And like I mentioned, like I really think this is one of the situations where I think they could get a lead because RNG haven't been great early or late or really in any aspect of the game, really. So, yeah, I just think WE are, are going to get there and... I'll make I'll make RNG beat me. Uh, this price might look really really cheap in a couple weeks. Uh, something else I wanted to, to mention. Um, this is more like forward looking for Team WE, but uh, and it's really kind of a commentary on like how the LPL works and how they lay their schedule out. So I've talked quite a bit about it, but the the LPL uses a different method of side selection than the other leagues do. They just always alternate game one, two, and three. Uh, so whoever. The one team will have side selection for the series. They will get it in games one and three, regardless of the results of those games. So in the other leagues, the loser gets to pick. Like, loser of the map gets to pick, and side choice really only comes into play for the first map. So, like, in the LCK, if a team has side choice for map one and they lose, they will get side choice again in map two. So it kind of makes the, you know, calculus a little bit different. It also makes the LPL schedule kind of like lopsided because naturally some teams are it's just not always going to alternate the way they lay the schedule out because it's single round robin. So you always end up with a couple teams that have had side selection in most of their matches and a couple that have not. Uh, WE have only had side selection in one match so far this season. And they've already faced like Ninjas and Pajamas, Fun Plus, and JDG. Like those are already off their schedule. The back half of their schedule is going to get a lot easier. They're going to have side choice in most of their matches. Now, over the next two weeks, three of their four matches in the next two weeks are against Billy Billy, Weibo, and Top Esports. They're going to have side choice in all three of those. Uh, I think this could be an interesting like buy spot for WE. I mean, obviously, not a lot of places keep futures open throughout the season. But if you know anywhere that does, or you have access to anything... And really just, like, thinking about this from a macro perspective, this is kind of a buy on WE. Like, I mean, you could maybe get a better opportunity after those matches are done. But the point I'm trying to illustrate here is that, you know, WE have mostly navigated a tough part of their schedule. I'm going to actually look a couple things up real fast. They've, they've navigated a pretty tough part of their schedule. Like, half, I'll say, like, half the, half the good teams... And they've had one mat, like side choice in one match so far, and they're five and three in matches. You know, sitting in eighth place currently. I I think WE, you know, their numbers aren't flashy, but again, like if you consider the fact that they've been offside in most of their series, 
it's actually not bad. You know, they're sixth in agnostic, they're sixth in agnostic economy, seventh in agnostic goal differential per minute. Um, you know, they don't have a significant deficit very often and they've actually done pretty well, all things considered, um, in a difficult situation. So I think WE could be on the come up here and, you know, treat this as kind of a bit of a bit of a buy low, buying the dip, so to speak. Second match in the LPL on Saturday is LNG Esports minus five twenty one on the money line, minus one and a half maps at minus one thirty two against Ultra Prime plus three seventy nine on the money line, plus one and a half maps at plus one hundred nine, minus one and a half at plus nine twenty five. Ultra Prime two and seven straight up as underdogs, uh, six and three against the map spread though. LNG three and two as favorites outright, two and three against the map spread as favorites. So LNG. I've talked a lot about, I think, similar to WE, although not exactly the same situation. Um, they This is the this is the buy low. I, I double-staked them in their last match. They won 2-0. Um, they've, they've gotten all, like literally every single one of their most difficult matches done already, and it's pretty smooth sailing for the rest of the schedule. I know this team only has three match wins, but... It really would not shock me. I, I mentioned in the last write-up. It would not shock me to see this team finish the season like eight and zero or seven and one or something like that. You know, they they are not without their warts. They definitely have their issues. But the fact of the matter is, like, if you look at the players on this team, you look at the talent on this team. You know, they've actually had competitive games against the good teams too. The late game macro is a little suspect for a team, especially for a team with this much experience and this much this much roster continuity, but. I'm basically, you know, having a little bit of faith here that LNG are going to continue to progress and get better as they as they figure out their new identity. And really, I just think they're too talented to not shit stomp the bottom half of the table. So they might drop games here and there, uh, especially in like the next few matches. Maybe not this one, but um, I, th- I think eventually like they're going to play themselves into form and they're going to be like a low-seeded playoff team that nobody wants to catch early. So... I think LNG are, it's weird, like, again, futures market, I would buy them right now if I could, like, this would be a buy, and, yeah, I just think, like, the, the schedule's too easy, it's, it, honestly, it's a lot like in the NBA, like, you look at Orlando this month, they have, like, two-thirds of their games are home games, Um, they have a very easy schedule, and most of them are at home, so, you know, they're probably going to win that division. They were plus money like yesterday. I think they still are. So, a uh, little little non esports play there for you people. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna be favored in like Orlando's gonna be favored in like every game this month, almost every game this month. So yeah, keep that in mind. Anyway, back to esports. Back to League of Legends. Ultra Prime are kind of a team that um, I am in stark contrast to the general analyst community. I'm talking like Twitter and the co streamers and all that. For the, for those that don't know, like I. I read this stuff and once in a while I'll tune in and listen to things and I'll listen to other podcasts and stuff like that. But for the most part, I don't really like give a lot of credence to other people's opinions. Like unless it's somebody that I respect and shows the work and someone that has a track record that, you know, of success and that I know is good. And, you know, I'm open to hearing different points of view, but I pretty much stand in stark contrast to most people on a lot of things and this is a team that for whatever reason the analyst community just thinks are better than I think they are uh, maybe it's just because they've taken maps in like most of their series you know they've managed to get a game 
in six out of their nine series as underdogs. I think people think that they're feisty or whatever, but if you like watch this team in losses, they are so bad. So bad. And it's not that I think the players are, are like awful, although I'm not a huge fan of this roster in general, but they just do really dumb shit. Like just straight up dumb shit. And it, it it's like, what is going on here? Like I, I don't they you have shit like situations like the Ramus game, like the amount of games that they've just like pissed away with an early lead is frustrating. Like I I just don't know what the hell is going on with this team. Like Ultra Prime literally <laughs> Ultra Prime like you think Rare Adam are bad? You think Rare Adam are bad, right? I think we all think Rare Adam are bad. Ultra Prime win fewer games with a lead at 20 minutes than Ultra Prime. Then or Ultra Prime win fewer games at 20 minutes with a lead by percentage than Rare Adam do. And Rare Adam are like the team that everyone knows as the the throw masters so far this year. So yeah, keep that in mind. Like this team's not good. Now, what I will say is the agnostic economy is actually indicative of like where they are. So like maybe th- this is just what they are and, you know, I'm a little bit overly low on this team. You know, I tend to trust agnostic economy as like it's not like the 100% gospel, but you know, it's been you know, a source of truth, so to speak, over the years since I've developed that. And that indicates that they're just kind of like a meh, like a, you know, better than dumpster fire tier, but not good team. Usually, like, it's usually around the 1600 gold mark is like where that that threshold is. If you're getting below that, you're bad. If you're above that, you're like just above that, you're like bad, but maybe not terrible. And, you know, in the low 1600s is usually just like your slightly below average teams. And maybe that's what Ultra Prime are, but their their losses are just so bad that it's like, man, I don't know what I'm looking at here. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of other analysts that think this team is like good and has potential and that they're going to figure it out and that they're going to be good. I, I do not. Like, I just straight up don't. Like, I don't see it. So, I don't I played LNG minus one and a half maps, minus 132 for one unit in this one. I know that was super long-winded, but yeah. Uh, that's the play. I'm going against my model on that, by the way. The model actually made LNG very small favorites in this, but keep in mind with LNG, they're still... The, my model weights trending performance, like the most recent performance, more heavily than the season-long sample, and LNG are coming off of just that brutal stretch where they've faced like, the five best teams in the league in a row. They were pretty decisive against RNG in their last match. I kind of expect that to be the case here against Ultra Prime as well. Um, there's a case to be made for the money line here too to try to take advantage of them having side choice in maps one and three if you think Ultra Prime get them in map two. But um, I just laid the chalk sweep. Third match in the LPL on Saturday is Edward Gaming plus 134 on the money line, minus, or plus one and a half maps at minus 224, minus one and a half at plus 362 against Rare at a minus 163 on the money line, minus 1.5 maps, or minus one and a half maps at plus 181, plus one and a half at minus 493. Rare Adam. This will be the third time that they are favored in a match. They are 0-2. They've gotten swept both times as favorites. I forget who that was against. But, um, yeah, why is this team favored against anybody? Like, I know EDG is bad, but, like, why isn't this match a pick a pick'em? Like, we've talked about this quite a bit. Like, when you have these dumpster fire tier matchups, we saw one the other day. Like, when you have these dumpster fire tier team matchups, just take the plus money, like hold your nose, close your eyes, and take the plus money because 
usually like there's the teams are not good enough to have any rhyme or reason to anything unless you have a very specific thing you're looking at. You know, Rare Adam have done pretty good at getting leads early in games, and they've done an even better job at fucking that up and throwing them away. So, you know, EDG have side choice for this. This should just be a pick 'em, and it's not. Just take the plus money. I played, I played EDG. Uh, what was it? I played EDG plus one or on the money line plus one thirty four for one unit. EDG minus one and a half maps at plus three sixty two for point two units. Um. Notably, I forgot to mention the lineups in this one, but uh, Vampire is getting the start again for EDG. Shout out to um, Shamu. They, uh, I didn't realize this until after the fact, but they started him on his birthday. Dude's 36 years old. Hashtag team old guys, right? <laughs> um, Rare Adam are also starting Shousey, Uh for those that don't know. Shousey, a uh, grizzled veteran of you know the uh, LMS and uh, LPL at this point. Um he is very much an engaged support player. He's very, very bad at anything that's not engaged support, so I would expect engaged supports out of him, a lot of Nautilus, Alistair, Orn kind of stuff. Uh, that said, you know, normally in Chelsea games and with Chelsea teams, you do not want to play unders, but I'm going to be playing an under uh, kill total in this match. This is the highest game total for kills that we've seen in the LPL in 2024. Uh, it's set at 26 and a half right now. And, you know, these two teams have been extremely bloody in their most recent outings because there's been, like, hilarious games where there's throws and all sorts of nonsense going on. Uh, I mean, Rare Adam had that legendary tier throw in their last match. Um, and EDG have been super scrappy. Uh, you know, they're averaging, like, 0.9 combined kills per minute, tw- almost 30 kills combined per game. The thing is, though, like, if you look at the frequency with which they're going over, most of, like, if you're looking at, like, the combined kills per game, combined kills per minute, it's pretty high for both these teams, but that's just an average. It's not a median, and, you know, when you look more specifically at, like, how frequently that's happening, that number is getting, in like, immensely inflated by a few outlier games. Like realistic, look, Rare Adam only go over twenty. Rare Adam only go to twenty six kills in less than forty percent of their games. And you know, EDG, like if you bump that up to twenty six and a half, which is the actual kill total for this, that or the the base um, kill total that's set. You know, Rare Adam only go over that in a third of their games, and EDG are only go going over that in forty seven point six percent of their games. There's also um, a long term trend where when you have bad teams against each other in the LPL, especially. It tends to be an under. Like, that's just a long-term winner. Um, so I, you know, despite the projection being very, very high for this game, I actually played unders, alt-unders. I played under 25 and a half kills for map 1 at plus 111 and under 25 and a half kills at plus 114 for map 2 for one unit each in this one as well. Um, yeah, just mostly trying. It's kind of contrarian a little bit, but, you know, usually the matches between the bad teams... Uh, tend to be unders, and these teams just aren't getting over that as frequently as their projection is saying they are. It's a little suspect doing this with um, the way these two have been playing and with Vikla and Shousey on the same team. I might just look like a complete moron tomorrow, but, uh, you know, I'll take my chances. All right, moving on to the LCK, uh, week six, day four. Uh, this is uh, unfortunately still only the square books. I, I took all these lines from Bet365, which... 
you know, I'm not allowed to play at anyway. Long story there, but well, not a long story. It's a short story. I guessed them <laughs> when the durability patch came out. I guessed them for way too much money, and they were like, "Nope, you're not allowed to do that anymore." They shut both both the accounts I was running there down. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, anyway, so take with a grain of salt. These are probably not sharp lines, and the fact of the matter is, like, you know, I'm not. I, I can't play anything. None of the places I play are floating lines for this stuff, so I'm not going to be playing anything, but I will give you my thoughts regardless. We have Kwandong Freaks, minus 250 on the money line, minus 1.5 massive, plus 137, plus 1.5 at minus 700. Against Nongshin Red Force, plus 175 on the money line, plus 1.5 at minus 188, minus 1.5 at plus 400. Kwandong, a 3-2 and two as favorites, 2-3 and three against the map spread. Nongshim are 1-8. and eight. As underdogs outright, and three and six against the map spread as underdogs. So, this is a nauseating, nauseating match to handicap because Nongshim have been, you know, the last two weeks or so have been playing pretty well. Kwangdong are coming off of that just utter collapse this past weekend, dropping both their games to OK Brion Savings. Very tricky spot here. Um, if you look at the full season sample, my models make Kwangdong more like a 75-25, uh, and that's not factoring in side choice. Really, they should get a bump for that as well, a small one. Um, you know, relative, like that's 75-25, market price is 66-33, right? So if you, if you want, like I would, if you want to just trust the data, trust the full season sample, trust the, the entire body of work you've seen, even... And again, that's like waiting recent performance too. Then I think Kwangdong are probably worth a play, even as as sickening as it is, having just lost four units backing them this past weekend. Um, as sickening as it is, like, and for as optimistic as Nongshim have looked at times, like the fact is, like Nongshim still isn't good. Like, like they're not a good team. They're just better than dump. They're they're maybe slightly better than dumpster fire tier, and even that's debatable. Like every time it seems like they're kind of showing some promise and crawling out of it, they just turn right back into a pumpkin. And I don't know. I mean, you're just going to see that kind of inconsistency with these weaker teams. But Kwangdong over the duration of the season have not been a weak team. It's just that that most recent that this past weekend really just scarred me and a lot of other people as well. You have to kind of take a step back, breathe, figure out, okay, is this was that just a weird, bizarre weekend? I tend to think so. But, you know, we're not going to know that. You have to kind of forward project a little bit. I didn't play it, but if you made me play something on this, or if I had access to play something, I'd probably be playing Kwangdong minus 250. Or, like, if I can find a better price, like minus 225 range, I'd play that for one unit. But I'm not actually going to be using that. I'm not going to be tracking that on the account because I'm not actually betting it. So um, I will mention, like, so Genji and Kwangdong played the other day. And Genji completely stomped them in game one. No no shock, right? But Kwangdong were up, like, they ended up losing this game somehow. They threw it. But they were up, like, 3,000 gold at 15 minutes, 5,000 gold at 20 minutes. Like, it was one-way traffic, complete blowout kind of game, and they threw it. Normally, that would be, like, a bad thing. Like, you'd be like, oh, well. But, you know, it's tough to close games against Genji, And, you know, that kind of lead is unforgivable. Like, that's an unforgivable throw. But the fact that they got the lead in the first place makes me think that they're on the right path to getting back on track here. And, you know, 
you know, we've seen Nongshim do a similar thing, like have a good game against a good team. But it just gives me like uh, it gives me a little bit of an inkling that like Kwangdong probably are back on the right track here, and that you know they'll take care of business here. But uh, yeah, who knows? We they certainly didn't this past weekend. So and lastly, in the LCK second match on Saturday, we have T1 minus five thousand minus one and a half maps at minus four fifty against OK Brion Savings plus a thousand on the money line plus one and a half at plus three hundred minus one and a half at plus sixteen hundred. T1, 10 and 1 as favorites, 9 and 2 against the map spread. Brion, 2 and 8 as underdogs, um, 3 and 7 against the map spread. You know, I I normally like playing like kill total overs in T1 games because they tend to kind of play with their food a little bit. But Brion really are capable of just getting completely steamrolled, more really more so than any other team. You know, of late they've been a little bit more feisty, but um, I would lean... Like, I wouldn't play an over, and I normally play overs in T1 games here. Yeah, I, the model actually makes T1 a value, but <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm not doing that. If you think that, if you think T1 are going to fuck around or play with their food a little too much, you can go ahead and take a shot on Brion, but I don't really have a whole lot of a whole lot else to say about this match. No play from me. Going to be it for me for now. Um, I'll have the LCS out as a separate podcast later on tonight. Until then, I will see you next time, and good luck on Saturday.